Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hit it! That was really loud. We are live with this edition of the Completely Unnecessary Podcast for this Wednesday, July 2, 2014, alongside... Irritable Ian Ferguson. How do you do? My name is Pat Contrary. I haven't used that line in forever. We have a huge show lined up for you this evening. We're going to be talking about lots of stuff, including the uh, IESF uh, esports segregation scandal going on right now. We're going to be talking about uh, Ian's review of Shovel Knight, the indie game that just came out, the platformer. We might discuss the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle 2 trailer. Uh, new forms of scamming online. It's what, what, what did you what did you know? People are trying to screw you over for old games it in new ways. Ends. We're talking about WWE uh, pay per view Money in the Bank and Raw thoughts as well as Cena going to be in the cover of Two K fourteen Two K fifteen. We'll be talking about fake NWCs for sale on Craigslist. Talking about Crytek uh, maybe going under. It looks like yeah. And then uh, Ian added Atari allowing Denny's to use like iconic games as advertising. Um, and your Q&A, which we have pre-selected because now there's a ton of questions. So, Ian, how you doing? I'm good. How are you, sir? I could be better, so I want you to talk so I can just, I can recover from that long-winded monologue. <laughs> oh, you know, my, well, I mean, first of all, I have an old friend here with me today, uh, the Takate Tallboy. T. Kate. T. Kate. I feel like a lot of people have been wondering where Takate has been hiding out, uh, uh, in your local grocer's cooler, so I went and got some. <laughs> grocer's, yes, your green grocer's cooler. Or if you're on the East Coast in Jersey, at the liquor store. At the, <laughs> yeah, at the liquor store. Um, I have been playing a lot more games lately since my acquisition of a Wii U. Wii U. Mario Kart 8 has become something of a small obsession, and it's not even that I'm playing a ton of it, but it's just so easy to pop on at night and play with uh, people that are on your friends list. I've been playing with um, people like Allie and Rue. 8-Bit Allie. Yes, and uh, a lot of the people who actually listen to the podcast, and it's been fun. It's been real fun because I usually finish in last place, so I get to give all of these people who support me, I get to support them with extra points. Uh, in the standings, because I lose constantly. You, you, just, you just throw the games on purpose? So, no, I don't throw the games on I purpose. Do. This is the This is the Black Sox scandal of 1917. <laughs> but but, I, but in, uh... I give back to the community. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Mario Kart 8's been great. Um, Vani and I actually made like a bunch of huge steps on our wedding, so a lot of the stress from that is going away. And uh, other than that, I'm going to be working most of July until we get to uh, Comic-Con. So, that's been me. What about you there, Tiger? I look exhausted because I am. Yeah. Usually I either look better than I feel uh, or look worse than I feel. I think this week I look exactly how I feel. I look terrible. So uh, I think you should agree. Um, I've been having a rough few weeks. You're just smoldering. Month. Smoldering? Yes. Is that what the term is? Yes. You just have these smoldering eyes. Are we I, having a moment here? I don't think any podcast? man or woman could, could, <laughs> deny, could deny you right now. <laughs> um... So, uh, I, I've had a rough month. Retron uh, 5 video. Rushed that out because Hyperkin decided 
they weren't going to send me their unit on time. Um, then I had the WF games come out. And then this podcast, keeping money in the bank for us, keeping money in the till. <laughs> and then, uh, um, most importantly, a little project that I've uh, completed. Um, if you've, uh, if you've seen on the Cinemasker, uh, website and YouTube channel the past few months. I've done a, a few of the James and Mike plays uh, videos. Really, really fun. They do it every Monday. It's yeah, just a you? Let's Play. Let's Player? Uh, yeah, I'm a Let's Player. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so there's a reason that let's, I... Let's Play Pat's a sellout. I'm a sellout. <laughs> so there's a reason why I was was there, um, not just to uh, you know visit my pals James and Mike, but also to uh, do a video with my pal James. Uh, James Roll, and that video. Uh, by the time you hear this on iTunes or Stitcher or thepunkfight.com, you'll be seeing the season six finale of Pat the NES Punk, co-starring the angry video game nerd slash James Rolf, portrayed by James Rolf. And I'm exhausted because just just editing it, getting it out there, uh, just took a lot out of me. Obviously, you can see. And plus, we were filming video game years. You know, last Wednesday, I did, or Thursday, we filmed it. Thursday. Then it takes a whole day of my time just to... Good thing we can do that with our stupid caps on. Exactly. And, and then it takes me a whole day just to render those videos and get them uploaded. I don't just upload the raw files because they're huge. I have to uh, upload, render them all individually to MP4. And there's like 28 different files. Now we're in a video game years territory where it's like 25 subjects. Uh, you can't... You have to once you get to like 86, 84, 85. I think we officially went to like 25 plus subjects per year. Uh, so now I'm exhausted. I want to go back but, to the James and Mike thing real quick, though. Okay. Because um, I do have a question. Because I've, I've known you the entire time you've worked with him. Um, what was your original in with working with him? Was it when you asked for a marathon video? Or had you already done something with him before you had contacted him about doing a video for the first marathon? Um, I, I honestly don't remember. I'm trying to remember how this came I about. I met James at SGC 2010. Um so way back, uh, it was it was the first convention I actually had a panel at, and at the time I think I only had maybe two thousand YouTube subscribers. So two years in, and I emailed James uh, on a lark. Two thousand nine, two thousand ten. When was our first marathon? Because if it's twenty fourteen, that was two thousand ten. This is the fifth anniversary this year, big guy. So anyway, it's the same year. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, so basically, mm. what happened was I emailed him and I said, "Hey, James, we're both from Jersey." Both kind of filmmakers. I film. I did film in college. I many people do. I did. I did a feature length film. I did a couple of short films. Even though it wasn't my major. Um, I said, you know, here's. I remember. I specifically. I sent them like um, my Action Fifty Two review. I think. I sent them like maybe the Black Box game review. I sent them definitely sent them Russian Attack since that was that had just come out and that was my first sort of like big video in terms of like the huge Rob fight, which took like six hours to shoot. Nowadays, it probably only take me a few hours, but I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I still don't, according to you. Um, I sent him Flea Market Madness, and he probably got like a, you know gets like he probably, he probably literally gets two hundred emails a day from yeah. strangers. He he responded to me after a, a couple of weeks, and I was like, wow. And he said, hey, he basically he basically said, I don't I'm not give away private information, but he said, hey, I enjoyed your videos. You know, maybe we could you know, uh, you know, just say hi to each other and meet up at SGC. And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Right. So I remember at SGC, in SGC 2010 is not like SGC now. SGC 2010 was really centered on fans of the website. Now it's sort of grown to something like kind of like Magfest in a way. They they get people from over the internet. And so I remember James coming out of his panel room and I literally like almost walked into him. He was like he just like walked out like and he was mobbed. 
and he saw me and he said, "Oh, you know, hey, you know, you can walk with me and you know, hang out because he's getting mobbed by all these fans." And I remember so, you saying that. Yeah, it was just sort of those, one of those weird moments. Was like, you know, because <laughs> I didn't know him, so I was like, you know, it's always weird. It's almost, it's almost like when you, it's almost harder for me to, like, for me, it's always weirder to be, make friends with a guy versus even trying to like, you know, hit on a girl. To me, it's like it's almost like it's it's more awkward, uh, for whatever reason. And so, because like, what's the what, where do you go from? Hey, we're we're pals. So we hung out, you know, and we we got along. He came to my panel. Uh, my death slot, 10 a.m., no one was there. I remember it was literally, like, 20 people. My first panel. Uh, Mark Carr helped me out. And it was... Uh, out of those 20, though, it was Pro Jared, uh, Spoonie, and James Rolfe. Right. Out of the 20. Not a bad, you know, company. You know, I was friends with Jared. Uh, we'd spoken back and forth. We weren't, like... We didn't know as, as much... Uh, we didn't know each other as well as we did now, but we we knew each of each other. You know, when that's... I think when Jared basically started working on the website... When he moved, I think he moved out to uh, Texas by that point. Um, and then I just communicated with uh, Spoonie Noah over over email, so he showed up, and it was great of those guys to do that uh, to give me a chance. Um, so yeah, that's that's how we that's how we met up. Yeah. So. Um, well, it should be big for for you tomorrow and for both of you. Didn't she say that you were? Uh, isn't it going to be like a dual release? Yep. Yeah. Well, by the time you listen to this, it's a spoiler. If you didn't, um, it's going to be split on YouTube. Between basically it's two reviews, um, and so I really, I really enjoy writing the character uh, of the angry video game nerd. And I guess I, I'm not. If, if, if this comes across as like I'm kissing James's ass, I don't give a shit uh, because the character is ingenious. Obviously, no one thought of a character like that on the internet before, else it would have been done. You know, a guy that's angry yells about games that you shouldn't care about in theory because who cares about games that are 25, 30 years old? You know, nowadays, it's like, oh, everyone does that, but no one did that before him. Sure. There's a couple of guys who maybe wrote articles, but no one was doing that in video form. Um, so I've, re- I've had the opportunity to write the character about a handful of times, if you include the short, the shorts, the exclusive videos during the marathon, writing the NWC uh, World Champions video from three years ago, which we co-wrote, and then writing this episode that came out. And it, I writing to me, as I've said in the past, is always my favorite part of the process it's it's what comes easiest to me it always has these as a kid writing uh, i don't enjoy editing that much it, to me that's like a necessary evil and directing I, I do enjoy directing so this was like a cool opportunity and i really am thankful and great uh, grateful that james allowed me to like um take the the abj and character in even slightly different directions right um because it's like it's 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 great enough that he's going to do use that character because he's very protective of the character rightfully so because it's it's iconic it, it is iconic when it comes to the internet like when you think of internet character shows like there's really no one more well known at this point you make an argument for people that are bigger on youtube like guys like pewdiepie but that's not iconic to me that's just a guy on youtube doing, <laughs> doing let's plays this is an actual character so and me so yeah i, I enjoy writing for the character when you when you write for uh, something like this. I'm not gonna say it's like writing for like a Marvel movie, but you you are entrusted a character that you have to work with, and so there are things you have to abide by when writing for that. No, character. I, I think I think that's a very apt description. I think you can use that. It is like when a superhero gets passed off to another writing team. I mean, it's any time a character gets passed around, whether it's a movie or a comic yeah. book. I mean, that's exactly what it is, and you have to write the character within the boundaries. That are generally accepted for that character. Yeah. That's why I didn't like 
not to harp on, but that's why I didn't like Man of Steel. I didn't feel like they stayed within the boundaries of the character. Mm-hmm. If you don't stay within the boundaries of Angry Video Game Nerd when you're writing him, that's going to upset people. Yeah, and I guess I was lucky enough that, uh, let's see, I, I did the, well, the top secret episode wasn't was the nerd. That was just James. That was the first one. And then um, River City Ransom, uh, Sky Kid, which was last year's one. Mm-hmm. And then James wrote the Bubble Bobble short exclusive from a year and a half ago. Um, so I guess he knew that I could have the ability to actually write it and know what I was doing to write this, I guess, feature length for the internet. It's like 17 minutes long. Of course, I plan to be only like 12, but it always gets blown out of proportion. So yeah, it's interesting because it's like that, um, there's a line you have to walk in terms of, um, staying within, again, the boundaries of the, of the character you're entrusted with. But then I wanted to do something at least a little bit different and explore areas that, Either, um, either for whatever reason that uh, James never wanted to explore, or just maybe never thought of it. I don't know. Uh, but or maybe it doesn't fit his series to to go in different directions. Where I'm sort of like, all right, what what if this happened to the character? What if he interacted with with someone this way? And it's playing off of the Pat character. Well, when you, you know? when you split when you when you when it's a split episode too, you can play around a little bit more, and it feels less permanent, and you can do a little bit more with it. Oh, sure, but but it's the same tone throughout, though. Sure. You know, so it's it's it split down the middle, uh, in terms of it. But um, um, yeah, I'm just I'm just happy. I think it came out well. Uh, the video from that we did in 2011 wasn't there was no review in it. It was more of a, a skit. It was just a, like a dramatic scene, really. You know, fighting over this old game, you know, and having it be destroyed. Well, this is more of a style of a blend of, you know, both I guess quote unquote YouTube worlds, YouTube series worlds. You know, those videos you never watch, Pat the NES Punk. So. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <clears throat> Alright, well, I will actually watch that one tomorrow. <laughs> Thanks a lot, I appreciate it. You're welcome. So, let's dive into some of our other topics for this week. I want to take off with the... Uh, this is a big one today. Man, is it a load of fucking horse cock. Um, the International Esports Federation. So, a little bit of background here. Esports, everyone should know what these are, but if you don't, esports is competitive gaming that is being taken to the next level. Electronic sports. Right. Which... It's it's stuff like it's it's highly competitive stuff with very little in the way of random nature generally. It's things like StarCraft, um, DOTA, League of Legends, um, What's DOTA? I, I, it's like a, I think it's like a League of Legends thing. <laughs> I don't know. I always see it on the things, but it's another one of those games that I don't play. Because, fighting games are included. Fighting games are included. Um, I don't play those games. It's funny that sports games usually aren't included in esports. Right? Well, they are in a different way, but I think what this is is supposed. You know, esports are supposed to show you what you can do with a competitive video game that's not like a normal sport. I think okay. that's what they're trying to show. So. Anyways, esports have been taking off, and there's tournaments, there's lots of cash prizes, there's, you know, uh, you have to be able to register for the bigger games and stuff. And one of these, um, the IESF, uh, came to the attention of a lot of people today. And what are they, happened are they, was... Are they one of the most major... Are they one, one of the major esports They're one leagues? of many, but they are a bigger one. Okay. Now, what happened was, is uh, the initial drama started when Hearthstone, which is a card game like Magic... Online card uh, game? Yeah, an online card game um, by the people who do uh, World of Warcraft. Okay. Uh, I think it was a Finnish qualifying tournament, and okay. they were saying that it was for male players of the game only. And it created an uproar. And in the rules, it said they were doing this to prevent uh, tricky situations such as a female winner in round eight. 
And a lot of people got mad at them, and they said, what, no. What does that mean? Well, I'm getting to that. Okay. You know, they wanted to prevent a female winner in round eight, which would have been the finals of that qualifying tournament. A lot of people got upset, and they're like, why are you doing this? And they're like, whoa, this tournament, specifically the Finnish qualifying tournament, said, look, we'd love to have women players, but the IESF will not allow it. The IESF will only allow male competitors in their Hearthstone competition. So they're the governing body that's in charge of the tournament. Right, that's where the final is going to be in Azerbaijan and all that. So when contacted, they were incredibly, like, just crass about it. And they said, well, we want to be taken seriously as a sport, and all sports separate men and women. But it's it's not. And it's just fucking enraging because it's... Okay, here's my problem. Look. We've talked about a few topics. I'm going to try to stay very calm here. We've talked about a few topics on here where I can be seen as a, uh, I don't know, a fucking social justice warrior, whatever the people Hippie call Hippie liberal. Hippie liberal, whatever the fuck people have, name people have for me now. But the thing is, is this. Too many people deny the fact that there is sexism in gaming within the actual industry, among the players. And uh, if you want to look me dead in the face right now and tell me that it's not an issue... You're just fucking avoiding it because you don't want to confront something difficult head on. Whether you've agreed with me in the past, here it is in your fucking face. There is no difference in musculature and that, that, that matters for a game like StarCraft or a game like Hearthstone. There is absolutely zero differences between men and women that should have them separated other than the one, the only response they give, the arbitrary decision that because other sports, physical sports, separate between well, men and women, they had to as well. Okay, well, well, this is to the detriment, and this is like, first of all, I, I, I've, I take umbrage with the fact that they call these esports. I said it before. I'm a fan of both sports and video games. I think they're totally different. I think that calling it esports is, is uh, detrimental to actual physical sports. That aside, when the strength, when the strength of video gaming is the fact that you don't require physicality, when anyone can play age. You know, uh, sex, uh, you're frail, you're big, you're fat, you're skinny. Why would you then try to get away from what's so inclusive about your gaming? Right, one of the best things about gaming is its inclusiveness. So why why arbitrarily separate it? And like I said, they had zero answers other than, well, other sports do it. It's not a sport, though. I don't, and here's the thing, I actually disagree... I don't get nearly as upset over the esports label as I'm you not do. upset. It doesn't make any sense. But. I, I feel like it's a term that was decided on early on, and it, it works well enough. Fine, esports, whatever. Um, but then they got enough backlash, and now they say they are listening to the fans and they're thinking about it. But there was pretty much no one out there who thought that this was a good idea. Like I said, even the finished uh, tournament was like, guys, I know you're upset, and uh, we're. We're pissed about this too, but we we have we can't. We are either part of this tournament or we're not, and these are the rules that so, they've laid out. Okay, right, so so where's the IES, IESF based at? Uh, you know? South Korea. Okay, so is this, this is the first time they've done this officially. Uh, I don't know if it is. I think it's just being shown. What what also needs to be uh, stated, and I don't have the list in front of me, is that um, they actually separated the games by uh, gender too. Tekken Tag Tournament Two is female only. Ultra Super Street Fighter 4 was only male. Males? That doesn't make any Hearthstone, sense. That's... Hearthstone was only male. 
Uh, I think Dodo was only male, and uh, then it was there was one other one that was of oh, Starcraft was yeah. divided up between I, the two. I have the list right here. The other things the IESF wants to they want to increase the number of member nations. They want to train referees through their human resources program, host an international esports world championship. That's their goal, and this is how they're trying to appeal. By 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 splitting. Well, they also say the somewhere. Sexes. I don't know. They and, also say somewhere in there that they they want to. And this is so fucking limp-wristed and bullshit. We want to highlight the accomplishments of female gamers, then mix everyone together and, and let a female out. come out on top. Yeah, this is almost like, um, geez, males and females together. Like, let I mean, let them fight then if that, that's what you want to show. Well, that's really then, and this is where when people are against affirmative action, where it's like. Um, the, the, it's almost like okay, we're gonna we're gonna keep them separate, and, and what, so their accomplishments come out because we don't think they're gonna accomplish anything on their own if they're mixed with men. Right. That's basically what you're saying. Yeah. No, that's that's not basically that is what you're you know, saying, and it sounds like you're, fucking say, you're dog saying shit. that if you put uh, obviously we know it's it's, it's almost never gonna be fifty fifty in any of these tournaments, but even if it's say ninety ten or ninety five five, they're basically by doing this saying women are not good enough to compete with the men. Right. That's, that's basically what they're saying, which is obviously horseshit because uh, Street Fighter two, there's no difference. This isn't like this isn't UFC. Where uh, you know, where men having whatever percentage more muscle mass, upper body forty percent more, whatever it is, we have different joints and our hips are built differently than women. That's just physiological facts. For gaming, it shouldn't matter at all. Get in there, throw them all together, and play, and see what happens. Bonnie beats the shit out of me at Marvel vs. Capcom two every time, pretty much. Well, that's that's to be expected. Look at you. <sighs> Anyway, so yeah, <laughs> anyways, that got me real fired up this morning, and I'm glad that we can just both agree that that's a whole lot of horseshit. I'm glad to see that most of the internet is agreeing that it's a whole lot of gut- fucking dog balls. But I, yeah, I just, I, I'm interested to see what the response is. I, with the amount of pressure on them, I would be very, very surprised if not this tournament, if next tournament they just mix everything. What I think is funny is that the, is that there's really misguided calculation that wow if we pretend that we look like the olympics people are going to treat us like the olympics, olympics. no they're no, not that's so dumb they're, no they're, you're, you're not just go off the strengths of what what video gaming has if i wear this underwear tra- on the outside of my pants i'm not magically going to be able to fly this this isn't a track and field event this is this is playing online card games which i still have to wrap my head around i feel old all right what's what's next I don't know. What, what do you want to do next here? <laughs> what's what's down the list here? Uh, this is a short one about, I guess, uh, someone discovered uh, the the DD version of Mario sixty four. Um, so the, so the uh, the DD was an add on in Japan. Never came out in the U S. for the N sixty four, where it was basically a CD system add on. Disc drive. Disc drive. Yeah, and um, it's interesting for just two reasons to me. One that it was even in the works. Uh, Two, um, the only real noticeable difference so far, although they haven't really dug too deep into this yet, is uh, you know the sound quality, the music quality is uh, much better, obviously, than it is on a cartridge. You know, on a cartridge they're compressing it to hell and back, um, but on something like this, you know, a, a disc, you know, a, a CD type disc drive, um, they can obviously use a much higher quality audio. Sure. So it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see if in the future they find any. Um, real differences in the game in there? Any changes? Are there going to be any textural updates or anything like that? Uh, what they found so far was uh, two bugs in it because it's probably a pre pre release version. Well, it is a pre release version, and uh, even the guy who owns it, who was talking in the pod in the um, the YouTube video, said that he himself isn't even sure if the glitches are due to something like disc rot or scratches, or if it's 
you know, just something that's in the pre-build. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see how far they can get well, even before it crashes out. Looking at the games, I had no idea. I don't know much about this. I mean, I don't think I've even seen one before. I don't know how much they even go for. But there's only like 12 games that were released for it. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it was late in the lifespan. It looks like they were released in 90, late 99 and 2000. By then, they were already well in development of probably the GameCube right. by 2000. So it was like, what are they? Why did they even bother? Yeah, the only two things it? that I know of are there F Zero expansion. I've heard of yeah, that. Yeah, the F Zero expansion that I've heard of. And the big game for it was supposed to be some RPG. I believe it was like a giant something, some giant. Well, they had SimCity 64. I'd be interested in taking a look at that. Sure. I didn't know they had that. That'd be cool. So, yeah, it's just it's just interesting to me how. They still find stuff like this, like, 20 years after these systems come out, or well, 15 go- years. This goes on our glitch topic from, from the last podcast. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, 25, 30 years later, 10 years later, it's it's nice to know that we're always going to find out something cool about our favorite systems. Yeah. like you know, uh, Even if it's years later. Uh, like, uh, a few years back, or it was only two years back, really, I think, when they discovered the gray car versions of Torok Rage Wars for the N64, they were like... I think, um, was it a claim produced like a hundred because there was a glitch in like the multiplayer, one of the multiplayer, I think, it's a bug trophies fix. or something. It was, a, it was a bug fix. And so they produced these cartridges probably because one or two people mailed in and complained or called them up and complained. So they probably mailed out a few of them, but the rest of them were just laying around. No one cared. And then they finally came out to market. And of course, uh, hoarders bought like eight to 10 of them each. And now they, I think they originally were being sold for like 20 bucks. I think Brad was like, who cares? It's truck rage wars. It's a terrible game. Um, and then now they they go for like a hundred bucks probably something like that, but um, yeah we'll see what we'll see what the next sort of big big find is. It seems like they're coming out lately. Speaking yeah. of that, uh, this this came out I think today about uh, discovery of uh, the holographic uh, stickers that were going to be released originally on the Sonic Two cartridge. Yeah, talk about more treasures. These are really cool looking, and it's kind of a shame they didn't. But I, I know why they couldn't possibly do packaging with them. That would have gotten really, really expensive. You think so? Yes. Yeah, I think that would have been probably a bit expensive for a game that was mass produced like like Sonic the Hedgehog Two. But uh, they're cool. I think the main one shows like Sonic and and Tails uh, leaning on a two. Yeah. And the Mega Drive logo is holographic, and I mean, yeah, it's just it's. Well, I mean, just to go back to what we were saying, it's neat to constantly see this sort of stuff. Like, where did this guy find this? Like, it looks like a roll or a half yeah. roll of these things. Where where did you find them? It, it, it was released on the Twitter account of the Sega of America's ex-director of marketing, uh, Al Nilsson, uh, it looks like. And so it looks like, yeah, it, 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 the picture is like three on this roll. that they, they, they got printed specially, maybe as a demonstration, and then they said, yeah, these are going to be real expensive versus just printing <laughs> color labels. Yeah. So it probably would have cost like 10 times the price or whatever. How much, I mean, where, where do you get holographic stuff printed? You can't go to Kinko's and get yeah. holographic images made. I love holograms, though. That would be so cool to have. Like, they were big in the, the 80s and 90s, weren't yeah, they? they? Oh, they were huge. On man. comic books, the well, holographic. Wave of the goddamn covers. future. If you got a hologram... <laughs> If you got a hologram card in, like, your sports pack or your Mad Magazine pack, and you were a kid who knew nothing about cards, you were like, this is worth $100. Oh, my God, my X-Force comic has a hologram on it. $100. I'm going to the card shop. I'm X- getting so much tearjerkers gum. X-Men number 75 has a hologram on it. Wolverine's <laughs> getting his bones pulled out by Magneto. This is awesome. You know. I just thought that was interesting. It is. That's all. Um, did you take a look at the... Um, the Ninja Turtles 2 trailer at all? 
Fuck it. Why do we have to constantly keep <laughs> flogging me with this shit? Yeah, I did take a look at the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 trailer, and here's what I have to say. The only thing that I thought that looked good from the original production shots before trailers and from the original trailer was I thought the Shredder suit looked bad ass. It did. It was, it was like in the silhouette on the wall or it whatever. Was, it was very cool. And I thought there was a production shot. It might have just been a miniature shot of like what looked like a human in the suit walking. And you watch the trailer, and it's a fucking... It's like a robot that throws Ginsu blades, dude. <laughs> I mean, I... I mean, why am I supposed to want to go see this? So it's like you're saying you don't think there's even a guy in the suit? Is going to be a robot? I, that, I mean, dude, I, I, I watched the trailer through... Through 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 a crack in my hand and tears, but in tears, so many tears, um, so many bitter fucking ancient tears. But <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't. It looked like a shitty robot, and I'm sure at some point they'll find a way to put a guy in there. But oh my god, there's a, there's a shot in the trailer where he like goes like this, and literally it looks like he's throwing like eight fucking like French rocker blades that you get at the uh, you know the, uh, the, the the county fairs, you know, from the guy who's selling you know the unbeatable knives, but without handles. And sure, it looked awful. The Yoshi blades. Yeah, so <laughs> I don't know. I mean, so, uh, fuck it, just fuck it. Some of it <laughs> looks like I don't know. In the end, I was watching. I'm like, I don't even care anymore, and. Maybe it won't be awful, but I just want it to be over and done with and out of theater so I don't have to think about it. Well, the good news is he's talking to a guy in the shadows that maybe it's a Japanese guy who's actually Shredder. It's a possibility. It's a possibility. You know, and that get you back in, uh, on board for to purchase a matinee ticket? No. <laughs> I still wouldn't? No. Oh, I tried. Now, at least they, they poked fun at the fact that originally the concept was supposed to be these yeah, were aliens. That, I thought that part was funny in so the So then in the trailer they go... Oh, they're not aliens. Oh, that'd be stupid. Yeah, they're yeah, turtles. Yeah. And they're ninjas, they say. So it's like, at least they acknowledge that. I don't know. This could be a dumb sort of like, when it's on FX channel like a year from now or eight months from now, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Despite all my fire and bluster, I am mostly just fire and bluster. And if this is ever <laughs> on Netflix and Bonnie and I are super bored and we're it. like, well, okay, let's go make a few rum and cokes, I might, I yeah. might watch it through a fog but I, I'm, yeah, I'm just not going to the theater you will watch show. it so you can rail on it the, on the next CU podcast <laughs> no I'm not I'm not watching it in theaters anyway yeah um yeah, F that whatever F that noise F that noise so I would like to talk briefly maybe a little bit longer because I feel like I could spin off on this about a game that came out uh, I think it was last week I got it this week um and it's been heavily hyped for probably a year at least, uh, Shovel Knight. And I doubt that there's anyone who's listening who doesn't know about it, but let me tell you about Shovel Knight a little bit if you don't. Um, Shovel Knight is a 2D platformer. It was a Kickstarter, right, originally? That I actually don't know. I believe so. Um, it's a 2D platformer uh, made by Yacht Games, and it's on oh a lot of systems. It's on Wii U, uh, 3DS. Uh, I think it's going to be on Vita and... Um, PS3 at the very least, if not some other systems. So, what's interesting about so Shovel Knight, you look at it, and it's another retro-styled 2D platformer, meaning the art is it's pixel art, okay? It's, it's that, that in-between 8 and 16-bit sort right. of look. It's, it's, meant, Six, to, it's yeah. meant to harken back to the 8-16-bit era. Um, it uses all chiptune music, and, you know, it's, it's, it's level-based, and it's fairly straightforward. And what amazes me about Shovel Knight, and I'm going to sound like kind of a dick here, 
is uh, that I downloaded it, and not only do I not dislike it, I I think it's fucking genius. It's it's a brilliant game. So how are you a dick? Well, because besides besides <laughs> everything else that makes you a dick, how are you a dick in this? Instance? I unfor- unfortunately I think a lot of these retro themed platformers are half baked, and they only get it part right. They focus too much on the graphics and the music, but they don't nail the gameplay. The control Which is sucks. Most it's slippery. Yes. Or they will focus a lot on making the game really hard, but they won't focus on making the game fun and the graphics won't be, you know, particularly well. Or there'll be a mishmash, like they won't seem cohesive. So what makes Shovel Knight so great is that it's got this beautiful difficulty curve. It's got these amazing large sprites. It's got all these mechanics and all these little nods to various games. We'll talk about the mechanics a little but bit. It doesn't, but it doesn't, it doesn't rip them wholeheartedly or rely on them. So... As Shovel Knight, you have to go and rescue Shield Knight. And uh, Shovel Knight's main way of attacking is with the shovel. Now, you can slash with the shovel like a sword. Okay. It just gives you a single slash. Or, um, and they, they quoted it as, a, I believe, a direct influence, uh, heavily influenced by DuckTales, which is why I was so interested, you can do a pogo jump with the, 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 shovel? the shovel. Which is totally possible in real life, by the way. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, same with a cane, obviously. <laughs> you know, with an oaken cane or whatever. So the thing is, is it's a little bit different. Um, you just jump and you press down and you, you you point the shovel down. And if you hit an enemy or other certain objects, you can keep bouncing. But if you hit the floor, you stop. Unlike in DuckTales where you can just bounce all over the sure. place. So you have to be a bit more precise with your jumps. Um, towns are very reminiscent of uh, Zelda 2. Um, and the fact that they are side-scrolling and you can talk to characters and you can find... You can't go inside buildings, but you can find buildings and upgrade your health and get your magic. There's even people hidden in rooms that look similar to the mage's room from Zelda 2 where you can learn new moves or do other things. Um, It's got a little bit of a Mega Man flair to it, uh, I would say, mostly in terms of the... The, the the sound. Um, the music is, is quite good. It's I don't like it quite as much as I think everyone else is enjoying it, but it is a very good soundtrack, and it's got kind of this up-tempo thing going for it that is common in a lot of Mega Mans. It's got world maps like a Mario 3. Um, there's bosses at the end of every main stage with really fun patterns that you have to learn to avoid and attack. There's secondary items you can use, like Castlevania, that you collect vials for. Wow. So it just it mixes and matches all the stuff, but it never feels like it's trying uh, too hard. And it does get challenging quick, and there's a lot of extras to find. Um, but it seems like a game, and I, I, I'm probably halfway through the first run-through. Um, it's just a game that seems like there's a ton of things that you can do. For 15 bucks, this is the first time a game has ever said that it is going to play like a retro game and look like a retro game, and I feel like it's actually backed that up. Now, did you do you have this? Did you get it for the Wii U or Steam, or where did you get it? I got it for the Wii U. Okay. Um, why? Because I just got a Wii U. Uh, I was playing Wii U when I, I knew I wanted the game, but I just I saw it up there, and I decided I wanted to download it. Now, I this is where something that I rail on Nintendo for comes into play. Um, really upset that Nintendo doesn't do a cross by cross play thing. Because if this is on, and I could be wrong, but I'm just going to guess. If this is on PS3, I guarantee you if I bought it for the PS3, it would be on my Vita. I can't play it on my 3DS as well. I would have to buy another $15 copy really? of Shovel Knight. Yeah, that, that's a huge failure. Yeah. Because that will turn some people off. That will turn some people off. Now, yeah. I'm okay with having... Now, here's the thing. The levels 
are incredibly long. Like, in no way during this game are you really going to feel shortchanged. Like, the levels are long. Actually, if I, if I had almost one beef with the game, it's that the levels, they don't get boring, but, like, just because of how difficult they can get, there's, like, five checkpoints per level, and between certain checkpoints, you'll be like, where the hell is the next checkpoint? So it's almost not particularly great for portable, despite the fact that you can sleep the 3DS, because you kind of have to be able to sit down and work your way through the level, beat the boss, and all that. Oh, sure. So, anyways, I mean, I don't want to give away too much. I don't want to spoil a lot. There's a lot of really awesome, cute moments, a lot of really cool big enemies, a lot of just what-the-fuck stuff where, like, it, it makes you smile and it makes you happy. Vani, who Aww. wasn't playing it, looked up because I was laughing about something and she saw something that was going on on screen with one of the good... I'll just say one of the good guy characters who is half something and half something. That should be enough for people who have played it. And Vani put down the book and watched everything that was going on because she's like, this is this is brilliant. You know, this is really cool. So I would really urge people to go out and get it. Um, if you've ever... And I, I don't want to sound like a dick, but if you've ever been burned by, like, a way forward game, if you ever bought, like... I don't know, for, for instance, the Adventure Time game or one of the games where, like, uh, you're or, like... Or, or, or DuckTales? Or whatever. DuckTales uh, Remastered? Yeah, I didn't game. play it. I don't need to now. Shovel Knight. You promised to play yeah. DuckTales Shovel Knight. Remastered. Shovel Knight has replaced it. You promised to play it for the podcast. Shovel Knight's the new person in town. Promised. Yeah, maybe I will after this and be, <laughs> ex- be extra, well, like, this is extra crap. But I'm just saying, if you've ever been burnt... If you've ever, been, if you've ever bought any game that promised you, like, a retro experience and you've been burned and you're looking at this and you're... You're squinting your eyes, and you're like, I don't know. I, I, I can't speak for everyone, but I would almost promise you that you are not going to be disappointed by this. And the good news is that this is you hear a lot of horror stories when it comes to and this was Kickstarted. Okay. Uh, you hear a lot of horror stories from Kickstarter games, and they either, either never come out or the funds go w- away. This raised $311,000. Their goal was only seventy five. So obviously... The money went into the game. Oh, you it can did. See it. I can say so that. So that's good news. So obviously, when you put the resources into it, it's, you're going to have a good product, and everyone's going to buy it. Because this, to me, this is like the biggest indie game I've heard of since like Super Meat Boy. And this it's their huge. debut. Yeah. Well, there you go. So they'll be able to produce a, at least off the, off, the, off the bank they're making off of this. They'll be able to make a few more games. Well, off the goodwill. I mean, of the fact so. that they ran a Kickstarter that they didn't botch, of the fact that yeah. they put out a game that was exactly as they described it. Um, these people have a very, I think, a very bright future in front of them. All right, pay us, Yacht, gum, uh, yacht Games. Pay us. <laughs> yacht Gum? Is yacht that a, Gum? Is that a special type of gum for rich people? It tastes like money. Yacht Gum, the official gum sponsor <laughs> of the CU Podcast. Are you going out for a trip around, around the Chesapeake? Yacht Gum. <laughs> yacht Gum. Smell like money all the time. <laughs> Uh, I'm just tired. <laughs> I'm so fucking tired. I know, yeah. So why don't you tell us about this new form of scamming? <laughs> you look so mischievous, Ian. This will, this will wake you up. With your come-hither stare. Uh, which one? Um, you know, there, there's a lot. Okay, this was alerted There's a lot of ways of scamming. <laughs> well, this is the one that is one I had not seen before. Um, so the problem with, with uh, CDs, CD games, is that... Um, they're a lot more easier to make than cards. A lot more. Uh, fortunately, scammers have not really, at least I know of, haven't really gravitated towards trying to sell repro CDs, as far as I know. Sapphire on the PC engine is the, like, the only one I can think of. Can you think of a few others? The only thing yeah. I, I can think of is, I think, like, I think maybe, like, Philips, like, CDI demos that were rare, something, like, this is, like, years back I heard, like, rumblings sure. of people trying to 
uh, create those because the CD is just, if you can find the CD that was manufactured on, like for example, Philips CD, get a Philips CD. You're halfway there. If you can find one that came out back then, you know, um, and then you just have to find the data and then know how to properly burn it. And then there's so many, it's so much easier to fake artwork on a CD than on a cart. It's just easier to do it because it's not as defined, I think, overall. You know, versus on a clear. Oh, you're, ta- you're talking like a, a dot printed, like yeah, yeah, sure, okay. Um, so now you can do it. Well, get professional. You can buy, go in a store, and for for you know, fifty bucks, buy a CD burner that has it included. That you can do both. Oh, jeez. You know, we're talking about, and or or at least, you, or you can print the nice labels. Anyway, the whole point is this: I had not seen this before, ever, that someone was trying to sell a rare CD game, until now. And I think we might have to start instituting the, like, scumbag seller of the week. Yeah. Because we're talking about this more more and more. And if we have to start calling these people out, we will. So, for example, I'm going to call out, uh, on eBay, sell for sale. C as in cat, sell for sale. Um, trying to sell Sega CD, Snatcher CDs, the game disc print. There's no data on these. There's no data. What they're for is, obviously, so someone can buy one. And burn it. And he actually says, I believe somewhere in his listing, that if you want to talk to him about getting reproduction artwork, you can call him and set up... I think it even says something like, set up an order, like multiples. Oh, you want me to read the description? Yeah. I'll read it. I'm giving you advertising, asshole. Brand new writable disc with Sega CD game Snatcher art printed on. This disc contains no data, so it is not a bootleg. It's still illegal, because it's copyrighted, <laughs> but it's still not a bootleg. But it is writable and brand new, so you can put any data, music, or files you choose. You know what? I'm going to get this Snatcher uh, CD, and I want to put pictures from my godson's uh, bar mitzvah on it, or whatever. That's what I'm going to do I'm, with this. I'm going to put... Halo- I'm not even Jewish, and I'm still going to do that. I'm, I'm just going to make a couple of weird copies of Halo 1 down in it, and just fucking, you know, sum those out to Nine Inch Nails fans on you want Snatcher my, CD. You want my 80s MP3 mix CD? Yeah. On a Snatcher CD? <laughs> Now is your, your chance. Um, art is printed directly onto the disc, unlike cheap sticker labels. Oh, so it's just like how it was produced back in the late 90s. Um, additional photos provided show other prints compared to originals. Contact me if you want any other CD, DVD, or video game covers printed, and we yeah, can do a covers. transaction through eBay. Oh, that's how nice. He's advertising the fact that he's doing something highly illegal. Yeah. So... This is what I have to say about it, beyond the fact that he's a fucking scumbag, um, is when, and there's a reason I brought up Sapphire, um, they found ways to determine the differences between the bootleg Sapphire CDs and the legitimate Sapphire CDs uh, fairly quickly. Uh, Thicker inner rings, uh, the serial numbers, you gotta look for certain numbers within a certain batch, um, the coloring, the coloring is gonna be a big thing, so... You know, hopefully, if this becomes widespread, we will find a database or someone will make one where they can show you, just like they did with Sapphire, how to determine what's a bootleg CD and what's not. All I know is that this is going to make my job really fucking difficult. The next snapshot yeah. that comes in, I'm going to look at the guy and I'm basically going to be like, "You fucking kidding with me?" And if he kind of like, it's like, "What?" Then maybe I'll take him. You know, hey, forget about forget it. Forget about it. And then maybe I'll take him a little bit more seriously. But um, well, here's the problem, and this is always an argument with assholes that actually condone this activity by saying, well, it's the responsibility of the person buying it to know. Fuck off. Just fuck off. It's no, it's the responsibility of assholes selling stuff that's illegal and, and, and getting away with it. 
That's that, that's what that's the problem. It's not the problem that uh, you know if someone gets into collecting and they see someone selling a Snatcher uh, CD that's fake and they don't know it for like seventy five bucks, they're like, "Wow, this is a deal." And then they buy it. Oh, it's their fault. No, it's not asshole. It's no. not their fault. It's it's you, not their because, fault. Because when the police get called into anything like that, it's not the fault of the person yeah, buying they're, it. They're not, they're not arresting them. They're arresting the person that's selling the fake Prada bags. That's the one that they're, they're, they're arresting, you know. And it's just a shame, like you said, that you're going to get into this in this situation. Maybe not six months from now. Maybe a few years where who the hell knows what happens. I, I dread the day. And I hope it never happens. But I dread the day that Luna sells its first bootleg by accident or gets yeah because then a because then it's on you for because selling it's it. On us. And and with all of these different look, I, I I one of the first things I teach employees is how to spot bootleg Pokemon cards because they're everywhere. Um, and I teach them how to look for various other bootleg things. But I can't teach everyone everything. And on a busy Saturday, Treg and I don't have the time necessarily to always go everything with a you know a magnifying glass. Now, on expensive items like something like this, we would be sure to go over it with a fine tooth comb. But I just the the day that one gets by us and we get called out is the day that I don't want to fucking sell video games anymore. You guys Aww. are you, no, it, it, it's not an awe thing. It's it's these people are fucking killing it for me. Yeah. Um you can now go online and buy i think they're from south america uh flintstone surprise at dinosaur peak boxes and manuals yeah, the, the set for like 20 bucks plus shipping i think it's something like that it's just Jesus I, no Christ. everyone knows not to pull that shit in the store we would just look at it and be like you were fucking out of your mind oh this looks crispy and brand new get it the fuck out the store yeah. no but it doesn't it doesn't take someone that with even a little bit of ingenuity or intelligence to like r- rumple it a little bit or crinkle it to make it look like it's used that's the problem or beat it against like a stone to make it look like worn yeah but i don't think a know? lot of those people would be smart enough to do such a thing you don't know you really don't know it's a shame so we're gonna start putting more asshole sellers on blast Every other week, I think, on the CU podcast. Yeah, why not? I don't care if I get a hit put out me when I go to like some of these conventions from by some of these asshole sellers. It's worth it. I'll be a, I'll be a martyr. So, self for sale. You are the the official scumbag seller of the week. Woo! You are one hundred percent rotten feces. Way to go! <laughs> and speaking of people that are assholes and, and scumbags, and this this happens more and more. Um, where you'll just go on Craigslist or you hit about Craigslist. People try to sell, like, I don't know if they're just doing it for fun, but try to sell, like, Nintendo World Championships cards. And the last few that I was alerted to, I looked at the number on the NWC Grays and saw that, you know, they're, they're individually numbered. Thank God they are, because then you can check, check usually a list on a website like NintendoAge.com, which tracks who owns them. Right. And, of course, the last one I saw was 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 owned by someone. So... There was one for sale locally in San Diego. I think there was a few a couple weeks ago, but there was one for sale nearby for like forty grand at one point. And it's like I don't know what gets into people. First of all, if you actually own an NWC cart like that, Craigslist is not the place to yeah. sell it well, because you can either end up getting mugged or killed, or, or, or who knows what. You're not going to meet someone in a Denny's uh, parking lot to exchange like a thirty thousand dollar or even ten thousand dollar game. Here's what I think is the first sign of it being a scam. It's exactly what you said. It's if you're attaching an overinflated price tag like some like forty thousand dollars to a gold NWC, then you know that by putting out on Craigslist you're trying to pull something. If you see an NWC gold cart on Craigslist for 
$45, which you never would anymore, that's just someone who doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah. But $40,000, you are not someone who accidentally stumbled upon it and goes, hmm, you know, I think this is worth $40,000. let us get rid of it to the local tweakers and put it on Craigslist. Yeah, good no, idea. Yeah, no, you're going to put it on an eBay or, site or an auction or site. Or all the resellers now every day. I haven't gotten a Craigslist deal in like two and a half years at this point because uh, all the resellers, they, they get them as soon as, as they happen. So you think they're going to pay... More than the market price, market price for a rare game. No, no. You're gonna put a game like this on uh, eBay. You're gonna let the forums know about it, that it's on there. Yeah. You're gonna get tons of traffic. It might go mainstream on like Yahoo auctions, like the Stadium Events auction did in 2010. Um, yeah, this is actually less than 10 minutes away, and uh, yeah, it's a shame. I, I guess, I guess all of us uh, NWC owners have to start like uh, you know, stamp stamping our image on on some of these. Be like Water the Apple King. One Club, you know. I mean, there's an Apple One Club. There's an Apple One. They, what, they it's like it's like 52 people who actually own Apple Ones, so that if someone else is has trying to sell you an Apple One or has an image or something like that, you can go and verify if it's actually an Apple One. Okay, so they had that going on. Yeah. How many Apple Ones were produced, by the way? Like 100, 150, something like that. No, if there's only 52 or so remaining, there was probably I would say probably it was only sold as a kit. Yes, I'm sure that someone else would know better than I did. It's in the low hundreds. If I find if I find that at the swap meet, I'll go nuts. Yeah, you know? it doesn't even have a monitor. I think natively. no, it doesn't. It has an LED display that basically tells you, like, shows you. It's basically an overglorified calculator. Yeah, cool, very cool. So, um, yeah, I would. This one, this one does not have a phone number on it. It did. So I don't know if they're trying to fuck with people, or or maybe they know someone they don't like and are going to have someone's, you know. Have someone get calls about what? Well, I'm not selling an NWC cart. Otherwise, I mean, you're not supposed to give out phone numbers illegally. Then again, it's online, so I think it is illegal if it's online. But anyway, it would have been, been fun to give them a phone call. Maybe in the future, if we sell, we'll see when we'll do one for the hell of it. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll use my Google Voice number, so they can't give out my real phone number. So there you go. Nintendo NWC Gold's for sale all over the place, all over San Diego. They are. Okay. I hope this. I hope this asshole. Maybe he's trying to impersonate me. I don't know. That's pretty big headed. Who else in San Diego is going to have one? Him, obviously. It's legit <laughs> and real. Okay, then I'll get two. I'm, gonna, yeah, I'm cornering that market. Yeah, cornering. People try to corner the state events, complete and box market. I'm cornering the NWC gold market. Steve Lynn, I'm coming after your copy. According right. to my cupboards, I'm trying to corner the Lucky Charms market. I have a lot of Lucky Charms right now. They must have been on sale. They just appeared. That's, that sounds healthy. Oh, you great. five eating Lucky Charms still? Well, I'm fucking 31 goddamn years old, and I'll eat Lucky Charms all I damn well please. When's your birthday? Uh, August 9th. Haha, <laughs> everyone knows now. So ah, fuck! <laughs> fuck, I kept that mostly secret for so long. <laughs> you want to talk about uh, Crytek, the makers of Crisis and Rise, not paying their staff hey. and canceling Rise 2? Oh, God. Okay, so... I, I, I mostly picked this just because I think it's a larger statement on, like, AAA game making and big studios. But um, How fragile they are. How fragile they are. And they're, they are fragile exactly because they feel like they have to make these AAA games that, you know, squeeze budgets down to the last penny and go over and stuff like that. But basically, Crytek UK staff has not been paid full wages since April uh, they got partial wages in the middle of June, and then they were supposed to get partial. They were supposed to get the rest of some wages at the end of June, and they never saw them. Um, these are the guys who made Crisis. These are the guys who made uh, um, Rise. 
Uh, they were working on Rise 2, and they're currently working on Homefront Revolution, the sequel to that shitty THQ game that no one, absolutely no one, needed a sequel to. <laughs> um, and that, I think, speaks volumes. The reason why you can't pay your fucking staff on time is because you're making shit no one needs, that no one asked for, that no one wanted. You canceled a game that didn't get particularly good reviews... And then you dumped off a bunch of staff and pulled a bunch of staff in to work on a game that no one else asked for, and you can't get money? You can't get money, these people? You don't have budgets for these shit games? I always looked at the the Crisis series as, holy shit, there's great graphics. There's no game. <laughs> there, you know, like one of those well, and I had heard, I believe it was from someone that Crisis, uh, uh, Crytek had also recently mentioned, they do not mention it in this article, so I'm going off on hearsay here, but they were talking about moving into free-to-play. And that would considerably, uh, I think, free-to-play, I don't think, is really panning out for a lot of people. I think that's starting to show as, as, a, as a poor trend. Well, you can't sustain yourself if these are huge titles. Right. I mean, I'm just flabbergasted. First of all, I totally forgot Homefront existed. Yeah, that's like that's like the what like the the Red Dawn game basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So are you ready for the sequel? Are we going to go wait in line at midnight day one? Are we going to get this? And this was more insane about it. They were working on it with, according to this article, 90 developers were working, 90 people, on Homefront the Revolution. 90 people? I can't wait to bro through this in one fucking night. Me and you, dog. We're just gonna We're gonna go... We're gonna go hard. We're gonna gonna hide behind that blown out (laughs) yellow bus on the streets, and we're gonna have a good old time. We're paying $60 a piece, and we're gonna get one night's of game. What is it? The North Koreans? Who is it supposed to be? Is it Chinese? I, I think it's different this time. The Chinese, the Chinese got pissed, so it became the North Koreans because we're allowed uh, to, we're allowed to piss them off. But what a disaster! Yeah, so forty staff have left, and issues with salaries have added to that number. Is what they have been saying. They've also said that a, a number of people had been promoted, but the promotion was really just kind of a scam because if you get promoted, you receive a small boost in wages. Okay. Yet you have to give three months before you leave because they're bleeding staff. That's f- hysterical. So their That's ans- ingenious. So their answer was promote people, but then tell them that they need to give three months notice before they quit. So it's basically uh, three months of free workers <laughs> yeah, with the promise of maybe paying you more. You're if, trapped. Yeah. That, that's, did, 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 I would look at it and be like, wait a second. You, you didn't pay anyone else the past few weeks. You want me to stay? What? So, anyways, I mean, it's all, a shame. all that matter, all that means right now, I mean, is you know, I, I feel bad for the employees, um, and I never really thought of. I mean, I don't pay attention to AAA games really, but I never thought of them as a company that would run into these problems. I guess the reason I thought that is just because Crisis, and I've never played them, uh, Crisis Two, Crisis Three, they were all considered to be fairly decent games by people who had played them. I never had, um, but then to see this going on. Um, yeah, I mean, big loss, I guess, for everyone with an Xbox One. They don't get Rise 2. Microsoft said, well, you know, depending on things, we may still find a way to get that done. I don't know if there's another developer who owns the rights to it. Yeah, but, who? Who's going to do it? But that, the thing is, is it wasn't a game that anyone particularly loved. So that's the, that's the thing with, with this shit. So many of these AAA studios now think, we made a game, now we're going to make a sequel to the game. Because that's what we have to do, because that's what video games do. But also, secretly, 
It's because we already have the assets for it, and we don't have to put a whole lot of work into it. Exactly. Yeah, but still, with, with that, the home, what is it, Homeland? Homefront. Homefront, not revolution. home world. It's not home world. It's not the It's not that cool home world game. Little where house you, on where the, the prairie. Place. Jesus, just run your business better. If you come out with one game that's successful, just stop. Sometimes just stop. Yeah. You think Leland Corporation went back to Danny Silva's Indie Heat 2? No! <laughs> they had their hit. They got it done. They had an instant classic, and they moved on. What's so? It's so. It's so difficult about that. Are you that? clipping by any chance? I don't think so. You're just coming through very loud, right? Follow now. Leland Corporation's brilliant move. That's yeah. what I'm saying. All right. Or follow Leland Corporation's brilliant move and kill all the colonists. <laughs> okay, we'll do that. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, so yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, that's a bunch of shit. <laughs> Let, let's talk about a uh, little, little wrestling. A little wrestling, a little wrestling. I unfortunately did not get a chance to watch Money in the Bank. I wanted to, but uh, just with things going on, I, I didn't get to it yet. I probably will watch some of the key matches, but go ahead and lead on this. I'd like to. Um, I heard it was a good raw. What I did hear, and I just want to say this: this excites me, oh very much. Is uh, I am so ready for Wyatt uh, Jericho. Oh yeah. Uh, so thanks for spoiling that. So basically, <laughs> it's not a spoiler. It's it's fucking Wednesday night. This happened on Monday. Spoilers, damn it. So, so basically, the WWE is in a bit of, trans- of a transition right now ever since WrestleMania where they're starting to push a lot of the younger talent. Thankfully, uh, the Wyatt family, the Shield is there. Daniel Bryan, we'll talk about, um, really starting to push the guys that deserve to be pushed and they're younger and they're hungry and they want to they just go for that opportunity. Um, so they broke up the Shield, which was, I thought, a little premature, but not a bad move. And they did the proper... We, we spoke about yeah. why Seth Rollins was the proper choice. And right now, it's coming to fruition with that. Um, so, Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Since Daniel Bryan, uh, non-Cape Fabe, is injured, a neck injury, unfortunately, uh, could be career-threatening, as it turns out. Uh, at the pay-per-view, they had two Money in the, in the Bank ladder matches. One for the, the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, which was won by John Cena. And one... Uh, just for the number one contender with the case, basically. You can cash in whenever you want. Yeah. And it's happened, with, with the exception of two people, John Cena one year cashed in and did not win uh, because he actually set up the match beforehand. And then Damian Sandow, uh, who won it, and then for some reason, all of a sudden, everyone decided this guy's a piece of shit. Right now he's just a comic character in, in the company. He lost his, to, to, to John Cena, actually, ironically. Um, so Seth Rollins won the, the Money in the Bank contract. Um, out of a field of, of really good wrestlers, you had guys that you knew were not going to win it, like Kofi Kingston. Kingston's one of those mid-carters that really entertaining, really good wrestler. Yeah, he's just but never he's going never, anywhere. He might get like the U.S. title, but he's never going to be a world champion. You know that. Guys like you know, like Jack Swagger, it's the same same sort of deal. Even though they're good for what they are, but they're not great. Dolph Ziggler, had, shit, Jack Swagger. You don't like Jack Swagger? Scott. Why does he keep getting pushed? Why does he keep getting brought back? He's he has he, talent. He does have talent. He's very no, talented. no, he's mediocre at best. No, he's he got more a DWI mediocre. this year, and he's ba- effectively oh. he's just he's not very good. Oh, he had a drink. He, he drove his Diana Takate, and he drove home. If he drove home <laughs> after a Takate, he would have he would have tested zero zero on the alcohol scale because this is piss water. Oh really? I mean, it's piss water that I drink. Piss water. But it's piss water. Um, but but anyway, so so Seth Rollins wins it. Seth Rollins has only been wrestling on Raw and for WWE for like a year and a half. 
They came in around Survivor Series in 2012. So I can't believe they put the title back on Cena. Well, we'll talk about that. Their options are pretty freaking limited. Yeah, I know. Their roster is getting thinned out and not not for usual reasons, for unfortunately sad reasons. I mean, so Daniel Bryan comes out in the pay-per-view. Daniel Bryan had a neck surgery. He was expected to be out originally only like five, six weeks. Yeah. So at first they're like, okay, we'll leave him off one pay-per-view, keep him the champ. But afterwards they're like, wow, this is more serious than we thought. Um, so they had to take the title off him because you can't have a, a you need a champion th- for your company. You yes. can't have a guy be out for six months. So Daniel Bryan actually came to pay per view and said, "Hey, I'm I don't have strength in one of my arms. Uh, I'm, I might need another surgery." He basically said, "I don't know what's going to happen." You know, obviously he's optimistic he wants to come back, but this is what happened to guys like Arn Anderson, where they start losing feeling in their arms. They have a then they're done. It's this, too dangerous to come back. This is what happens happened to so many wrestlers who've wrestled through injuries they should have. Uh, you know, Macho Man never should have come back after his uh, spinal and neck problems. Oh, God, yeah, I mean, like none of these wrestlers should have come back. I, I mean, I hate to say it, but wrestling takes a lot of people young. Part of it is is drugs and abuse, but another part is it's wear and tear. It's, it's wear and tear because they work through shit they shouldn't work through. So I would, I hate to say it, I'd rather see Daniel Bryan hang it up young than than be dead at fifty five. Yeah. Um. So again. So you needed a new champion, and I, I am not upset with them making John Cena the champion because who, who are you going to hot shot the title to? No one's ready to take that title. Cesaro's not at that level yet. He's getting there, but he's they couldn't give Cesaro the title at this stage. And plus, there's someone lurking that's going to come back and probably fight for it. Brock Lesnar is going to probably come back some point this year, whether it's SummerSlam. I think the original plan was to have a Brock Lesnar-Daniel Bryan match sometime this year. That would have been huge. Yeah. We've been gigantic. Yeah, absolutely. And this, it's just unfortunate that Daniel Bryan, he, he wrestles for what it's been, at least a dozen years he's been wrestling. He's wrestling since he's like 19 or whatever. I remember watching him in like 2001 or 2002. Yeah, so, and he has this go-out style, which, which is what made him the most popular wrestler on the planet. Go-out, I mean, geez, he, he yelled at Triple H supposedly uh, because he had a stinger in a match. Uh, uh, this was This was last year. When this is when he was still uh, tag team champion, um, and he, he, they they stopped the match on Raw. They stopped the match because they knew something was wrong. Brian was pissed, like he on camera he was like trying to fight the guys off. This is for real, and so supposedly backstage he yelled at Triple H like, "How dare you tell me when I can continue?" I wrestled in Japan. I wrestled all over. How dare you? And I guess he got Triple H respect by doing it. By saying, "I you know I that, that's the guy he is. He goes all out in all his matches. Sure. He doesn't let up." So guys like CM Punk that they go all out. Dan Bryan. They get burnt out mentally and then physically. Their bodies just—they only—they're only in their early to mid thirties. But it's the wear and tear. It's like a basketball player. A basketball player like LeBron James start when they play when they're like nineteen. By the time they're thirty-two, it's the mileage. They're just done. Sometimes, sometimes they're just done. Sometimes they just can't go anymore. Well, back and forth up a court is going to do havoc on your knees. It's just the mileage, but, though. Yeah, anyway. it doesn't matter your age. Yeah, you know, it's just if you do it something like that for fifteen years, there's only so much your body can take. Um, so. So what happens is John Cena is the champion now. I don't have a huge problem with it. I really don't. He's he's going to be uh, a champion until they can he's build someone else up. He's transitional, but not hot shotting it to someone right. just for the sake of doing it. As if they do it, and they did it to someone like Bray Wyatt. It would be way too soon, and it's just not ready for it yet. They have to build someone to that. No, that's fair. I mean, I guess I can't think of off the top of my head. I guess there's I no one else. The roster's depleted. Yeah, it really no, is depleted. It is. You have these young guys like Roman Reigns, but they're not ready yet. They're just not. It's just too soon. Well. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And it would, it would just seem. I guess at least with Cena as a guy who's had 
you know what 15 now world this is 15 it it, at least it makes sense if you if you threw it to someone like roman reigns or whatever it that doesn't make any sense and reigns isn't ready reigns is it has he has a reigns is a boring ass wrestler he has no good he he has good a good setup and finisher but he has no like good mid-match moves i'm done with people finishing with the spear okay it's the most boring (laughs) fucking move in the world superman punch come on i do like the superman punch i'm surprised no one used that before it's you know, a pretty good punch. It's a punch that never lands in mixed martial arts ever, which is why it's funny. Yeah, it's it's a pretty funny punch. Uh, but he's not a good wrestler. He's 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 a semi big guy that has a good look, has a good charisma. I love the fact that uh, Dean Ambrose, which I knew would be huge. Yeah, look, I, looking at his stuff back in it was like FCW when it was Florida yeah. Championship Wrestling before it was NXT. One of the best guys in the mic that have probably come along in probably fifteen years. No, he's awesome. Did um, he have a match on Sunday? Uh, yeah, they they threw him in the and I think the ladder in the ma- uh, uh, money in the bank. They threw him in there because the storyline now is that he's just after Seth Rollins' That's head good. returning. That'll on. be fun. So he he's in the match and Kane comes down and helps uh, Seth Rollins win it when Dean Ambrose was going to win it. He was like getting close to winning it. So now it's like the hottest the hottest stories now, believe it or not, in the WWE is like Dean Ambrose versus um, Seth Rollins. People are going nuts for that. Absolutely nuts. When you think about it, these are two guys, again, who weren't even wrestling for the WWE two years ago. Um, and then Roman Reigns even just staring down Triple H on Raw, even teasing a potential future match, which would be great to build up Roman Reigns. And that's what that's where Triple H is in his career now. He's obviously a lot older. He's like 45. His body's not what it was. He can't juice up anymore like he could 12 years ago. He can't. He was juiced up 12 years ago. Yeah. It was obvious. Um, and so he's a guy that just builds up other guys. He can't guys. put the needle of oil in his ass anymore. <laughs> you know? But um, Raw was good because it actually showed the desperation. Jericho came back to a huge pop. See, that makes me happy. I'm glad to see Jericho is back. Jericho's a good wrestler. He's a professional. He's great on the mic. He always puts on a good match. He's safe in the ring. He's like you the know. industry gold standard of good wrestler. Yeah. Is basically what Chris Jericho is. Yeah. Good personality, good as a heel, good as a face, good as I mean, good in the ring. Never really injured, for the most part. Uh, no, been, for the most part, he he's hasn't. Really, good. Yeah, he's wrestled he's, for twenty. He's yeah. for twenty years. Yeah, I mean, I've you know seen I mean? matches from with him. You know, in, in Japan from like ninety four. Yeah, you know, the J like, Cups. Yeah, yeah, like like how old are you, dude? Fucking fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's in, he's in, he's in like forty two by now, forty one. But um, no, he so he came back to a huge pop after the Miz came back to absolutely. Apathy. I don't even know who the Miz is. <laughs> the Miz was before... the Miz headlined. As I'll tell you, the Miz headlined WrestleMania a few years ago did. and beat John Cena when I, The Rock interfered. Believe me, I know. I know that. Like, I'm just saying. Like, he he left. He was demoted, thrown out, put on hold before I started watching again, and now he's just come back. And my my buddy Jay always is just he's, like the Miz is awful. He's better than average, but he's not. He's like he's one of those guys that wow. That's how bad wrestling was when he was like headlining all these pay per views a few years no, ago. My same friend said he's like he's like Miz, Kingston, uh, Ziggler. He's like all of these guys. He's like this was your headline. Years but Ziggler's ago. good though, and Kingston's are they're good wrestlers. They are. I think Ziggler's okay, but Ziggler's never going to make it anywhere beyond where he is now. I, I think if they gave him first of all, he has an awful name. They gave him this awful name. I'm thinking this porn star uh, name yeah. off of you know Dirk Ziggler. And they needed, they basically, if he went to like, say, uh, like TNA or somewhere else and changed his name, he probably would 
do a lot better. Except for the fact that no one does well in TNA because it's well, TNA. Well, but I mean, when you look at the guy, he is he reminds you so much of Mr. Perfect. How he wrestles, how he sells moves, how fluid. No, he, he does, is. and I like Mr. And I, I've, I've, I've got and Mr. Perfect should have been a champion. He should have been. He could have been a world champion. He could. He should have been. No, Macho Man should have been fucking world champion. But Perfect was actually lined up for it. Well, Macho Man was, but he should have beat Hogan. Anyways, whatever. Well, Macho yeah. was world champion. What are you talking about? Macho was champion I'm like saying three he should have beat Hogan clean for world oh, champion. Oh, clean. I'm still upset about that. <laughs> that Macho? I'm going to go to necromancy school, bring Macho Man back from the grave, Just and beat Hogan. force Hogan to fight him. Just like Just randomly like, in how, his like, like Hart never fought Hogan. Hogan dodged Bret Hart to fight him for real. To put God, him... Hogan is such a piece of shit. <laughs> he put over Warrior, at least. But uh, anyway. So anyway, Raw was big. Right, at least... Oh yeah, the one with the least talent is the one he puts over. No, he was huge though, Warrior. That was the right thing to do. Anyway, uh, so so AJ Lee came back, which was very very nice to see. And I guess her honeymoon with CM Punk, who she's now married to, in in real life in non kayfabe. <laughs> um, she came back, won the, won the title back from Paige, who's who's a pretty good wrestler. The women's division is actually not in a bad place right now. No, it's not. I, um... Paige is good. Cameron's really good. Actually, everyone in NXT is pretty good. We actually had a, a question about that. Alicia uh, Fox is pretty good. She's coming to her own. Um, even even some of the lower card ones, like Bailey and Emma on NXT, are good wrestlers. Like pretty much everyone who wrestles in the women's division, and that's where it's all starting. That's like that. That's the fire right there. Is NXT? They are really putting together they're, a good wet women's they're teaching division. Them to that wrestle. is that is very fun to watch with a lot of good wrestling. Yeah, because I got away from it, unfortunately, during when it was the ruthless aggression era, uh, you know, between say two thousand one to two thousand and I guess eight. Technically, that was what PG era was around two thousand eight. It started back, it started up. Um, you just basically had a bunch of girls in bikinis and lingerie that didn't know how to wrestle. Besides, besides after well, it was after after you had you always had like Molly Holly, you had Trish Stratus who learned how to wrestle uh, little by little. And that's why she's in the Hall of Fame because she actually was really good after she learned how to yeah. wrestle. You know, and you and you had uh, Jazz who was there for a little bit. Um, you had Victoria, but that was like the exception to so all these women that just came in a lot from ECW that you know didn't know how to wrestle. So you just give me the let's go thing. Is that what you just did? To I me? feel I feel like I feel like we're running a little long on the wrestling. This this people <laughs> want just us to talk about wrestling entirely on we a did. podcast. We have talked. Don't about you wrestling. ever do this again? I will do this plenty. Unless this is your new thing besides sitting like the T-Rex up here on the chair. I will do whatever I want. You're doing yoga? I can't even do that. How do you even get your arms back It was like simply that? a suggestion. Uh-huh. Anyway, that's our talk about WWE. Ian. Yeah. God. God. All right. I think that takes us to Q&A. No, no it doesn't. Doesn't? You added this topic, Ian. You discussed about Denny's. Oh God! Right. Okay. Where Where was this? Okay. So, this Asshole. is this is humorous. Uh, it's humorous partially for the outrage that the, the the full outrage that was caused online. So, Atari went bankrupt in 2013. Right. Okay. They're crawling out of bankruptcy, and they tried to sell off their portfolio of over 200 games, and they couldn't do it. No Why? Buy. Why? Because when you think of Atari, a lot of this is I find this happens in the store all the time. Okay. When people are like, oh, yeah, Atari, like, like Pac-Man and <laughs> Galaxian, I'm like, no, no, that's, sorry, no. totally different. Um, you just played that on an Atari. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what are the actual Atari games? You're like, Warlords? Yeah, exactly. Centipede? These are not brands that you can really 
update and bring into the modern era. They tried. They tried. The Warlord and, and Centipede. I was there at yep. E3 two and, years and ago. And they failed. Yeah. Um, so they tried to sell this these, this portfolio of 200 games, and they couldn't. So, 200 games, including like Backgammon? Uh, yeah. And, you know, yeah. What the hell's in there? six versions of Checkers. Um, <laughs> so and Doro? They, they inked this deal with Denny's. Of all Did places. Really? Yes. And they put out a version of Atari Remix that replaces replaces popular items <laughs> with... With with diner themed foods, so like asteroids becomes asteroids. That's and, hysterical. And you're a ketchup bottle shooting down ash uh, asteroid hash, hash brown patties. And this is great. People were like upset about it and like this is defiling video games history. And it's like really, <laughs> really. How fucking closely do you identify <laughs> with that brand? Okay, like like how much hey, does this really mean? Hey, buddy, break out. Yeah, Breakout's one of them, okay? That, that's a game that I, I haven't played in 30 years, so you watch it, buddy. I, I love Breakout clones, but I haven't played in, in Centipede, and I love Centipede. I love Asteroids. You, uh, yeah, and that's fun, but... but there's you know no character to it, or there's no personality to destroy off but, Asteroids. Right, you can't... You can't. It's a fucking triangle. It, it's been so long <laughs> that, that these games have been destroyed by clones and remakes and all sorts of other things a billion times. Most of the time, at the hands of whoever owns the fucking Atari name, which is not really... Which hasn't been Atari since the mid-90s. So, I don't know. I just thought it was amusing that, you know, Denny's... It's fucking Denny's. What is it, off your phone? You, or, is it, or are these in the restaurant? No, or, or, so- can I play this right now instead of doing this podcast? <laughs> I want to play Asteroids, damn it. So- um, this is the greatest thing ever. So people are, just- people are pissed at this? People are like, I'm sad. I'm forward. Why? This company's bankrupt. They need money. They're going to sell anything to anyone, including Denny's. And oh my god, where's, 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 they didn't sell the rights away. They're just doing these little what little app games. Yeah, but where's where's the fucking marketing speak on this? The marketing speak on some of this is just oh, it's just beautiful. Um, for whatever reason, it's not showing up on my topic list. So click on the article. And, I'm on the uh, article. Yeah, yes. Just scroll down a little. Just find yourself some quotes from Denny's or Atari about brands and things and, well, and nostalgia. Here's Atari's press release. <laughs> inspired by Denny's new greatest hits <laughs> remix menu, which features a selection of the diner's iconic dishes, all with a new culinary spin. Yes, because we can uh, we can spin moons over Miami. Yes, three of Atari's most famous games. And ones only that you know about, by the way, Asteroids, Centipede, and Breakout have been remixed as Asteroids, Centipup, and Takeout. A pup, by the way, would refer to their new uh, uh, pancake pups that you oh, can get. Yeah. Okay. Delicious. Beyond, Delicious with a little powdered sugar. Beyond just a new name, <laughs> the games will feature diner elements such as flying browns and syrup bottle shivers. This, this is the best news all year. This is better than Shovel Knight. <laughs> Oh god! <laughs> I don't see it. Who can? Yeah, they came out of Chapter Eleven bankruptcy. Yeah, yeah, they're just doing. What they, <laughs> this is everyone. Leave Atari alone. They're just doing what they need to do to feed I their mean, mouths. I mean, Jesus Christ! Atari used to publish games like even Unreal Tournament, right? That was like fourteen years ago, though. Do you think, do you think that they're getting paid in like vouchers for like Grand <laughs> Slams? I, who, I want to see people... I want to go on YouTube now and see people's angry vlogs or vlogs about why this is awful. <laughs> this is ruining the state of classic gaming. Then you should have fucking bought the Centipede Invasion remix, remake game that came out a few years ago then. Oh, yeah. You should have bought 
uh, you know, I was gonna even say Frogger World Tour, but that's a Konami. That's not even. I can't even think of Atari games. I really can't. I can't think of them, Ian. That was funny. Thanks for adding that to the topic list. Beat them and eat them. Dude, that's on Atari, though. Well, but if it was, it'd be so but that'd be perfect. Whip up the batter, <laughs> beat it, beat and it, eat it. it. This All is right, genius. You want to think of some more other Atari games? Nope. Because I have ten percent battery left, so let's go through the Q- <laughs> let's go through the Q and A. All right, it's Q and A time. Do 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 do. Q and A on the Pat and Ian show. Q and A. All right. <laughs> oh God. Sean Richardson at Replica two one one two. Pat and Ian, how do you feel about people who buy flashcards to play retro games? You're horrible individuals and should be locked up in the gulag. Honestly, my answer to that has changed significantly recently. Um, I do like to own carts for things like PC Engine and whatnot, but for other game systems, I don't feel horrible about flashcards. I'm not... I mean, whatever. To me, obviously, this is... And technically, they're illegal flashcards. If you want to, if you say you own the games like, like I do, we, we use the... Uh, you know, I go to a convention and use a flashcard because it's easier versus, you know, lugging 50 carts around. Fine, whatever. To me, it comes back to the argument of a lot of these corporations are gone. Yeah, you're not... They're not making money... You know, there, there's no one selling Lee Trevino's fighting golf. You're not hurting them by putting on a flash cart. Uh, if you want to say the argument that, hey, but you can buy some of these games in the 3DS or the Wii U. D- is Nintendo hurting for money? Do, do they need to sell you Super Mario 3 in the 15th iteration? You know, I mean, one of the things when I bought a 3DS, I was like, wow, maybe I'll buy an NES game if they're a couple of bucks. They're charging five bucks for an NES game. What? Well, and, Really? And the other thing is, flash carts aren't any really different theoretically than than something like emulators they also don't really i don't feel like they hurt stores like us really like luna because the guy who wants to go out and buy a copy of game x or the girl who wants to go and grab a copy of alfred chicken that's not a game that any normal person buys but it's just an example i like alfred chicken it's not bad um they're gonna do it anyways otherwise they would have had tons of other ways to play these games without paying money for them prior the flash card is just another option. I don't. I don't see it as being particularly damaging. Yeah, I always look at it as it's an addition. I don't know of anyone, even though it can be proved wrong. I don't know anyone that just goes out there and buys a flash card for every single system that buys a Genesis, Super Nintendo, right. NES, you know, Vector. I don't know anyone. People usually do that and they sell it. They love it so much that they discover that maybe after the fact. You yeah. Because I thought about getting a Vectrex multi-card, the Sean Kelly one. I wouldn't have done that unless first of all I bought the system and a few games actually play. Yeah. You know. So. My computer. so they're not evil? No. They're not evil. I don't think you're a horrible person if you have one. Well, thank you, Ian. You're welcome. This is from at Konacha37. Do you think we are headed into another video game crash soon? Um, since this has, been, this has been brought up by others before, maybe not as big. No. And this is why. <clears throat> the video game market has matured to the place where it's a multi-billion dollar in- industry now. It makes more than motion pictures does, you know. Um, when the video game crash happened in 83, I'm, I'm uh, cribbing off of the segment from the video game years. Uh, video games were in, in, in its infancy still. Well, and more importantly, there was, no, there was no support underneath it. There was no structural support to video games mm-hmm. in 83. If, if, if something happens now, it's not going to be a crash. It's going to be a recession because there's a whole industry built up underneath it. It will go through a rough time, perhaps, but it's not going to crash. There's too much underneath it to keep yeah, it. I don't, I don't even see it going through even a recession it right now because it's like this is what kids are brought up on now. Well, when games were out in the early 80s and late 70s, 
they weren't ingrained with everyone yet. They were looked at as a fad. Like this is new. This is like think of like having like a board game, but an electronic version of it. It wasn't that far off from that's how video games were kind of thought of. Where this is just a kind of a game or toy that you can play. It wasn't like this whole cultural and new form of entertainment yet. It wasn't established where this is, you know, now it's, you know, movies, watching sports, watching TV, video games, music. It wasn't like that before. It wasn't thought of like middle-aged people would be like, oh, what, what's this? This is a video game? Like, what the fuck is that? That wasn't there five years ago, you know? So there's a, it's a lot different. A lot's changed in 30 years, thankfully, with that. Is that it? True that, yo? True. True. And plus, as, as Chris Kohler said, um, on video game years, uh, they were looked at uh, video games as a, as a tr- transitional product to computers at the time. Right. Because home computers were, were new. Everything was new. <sighs> so everything was trying to find their way into the market. Where do they stand? Are people just going to go to computers and then forget about video games? You know what I mean? That's what some people thought. So, uh, this is from at S.A. Caitlin. Here's a question for the CU podcast. What's the creepiest stalker experience you and Pat have ever had? <laughs> I don't know if Ian has stalkers. Uh, no, I, I have. Store stalkers? If you, You've told me the, the, the story. Of, well, you chose to go to that party. I, I didn't. I thought there was going to be more people there. Okay. That's a whole story. You want to tell a story now? No, I can't tell that whole story now. It's like an hour. It's like, no, it's the, like a, the greatest story I've ever heard. That has to be a, one, one day. It has to be a whole okay. topic. We will do an entire topic on this at some point okay. because it's a long story. It's about 20 minutes long and I'm going to vibrate and I'm going to shake a lot, but I've had, I've had, I've had two major stalkers, uh, in, in, in my time working at, at Luna. One was, Far less harmful. It was like a 17-year-old girl. She was very nice. And she came into the store. And I, for reasons that I, I I am not trying to get fucking a big head about... For reasons I cannot fathom, she found me to be an interesting person. I don't know why. I don't know why either. And she just kept coming in and like asking me all these questions and hanging around. And finally her mom came in the one day and she said... And, I, I, and her mom's really nice. And uh, her mom's actually closer to me in age than her daughter is. And her mom was like, is my daughter being um, weird around you? And I said, yes. <laughs> she goes, because I think she has a crush on you. And I Aww. said, well, that's adorable, but can we both agree that that's kind of inappropriate? And she's like, yep, yep, we can both agree that that's inappropriate. I, I think the mom wants so, you. So I stopped. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Not everyone wants everyone, Patrick. So anyways, you know, I stopped seeing so much of her. And like, she was, like I said, she was very nice, but it was just like, she was, it was a little creepy and she'd just come around every fucking day and not really say anything and just stand at the counter and stare. The bigger, the bigger problem was, uh, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to get stabbed in the throat, but I have evidence. I have notes. I have, I've told the story so many times. Uh, There's this guy named Max who came into the store. Do you hear that, Max? You're probably listening, because I don't think you've forgotten about me, and I'm tensing up just thinking about it. He owned a pig once. He owned a pig. Big pig. Big. Big. Um, later on, though. Uh, Max used to come into the store and drop a lot of money. And he used to uh, stay there for like six, seven, eight hours at a time. He had a guy named Clay. Clay would take him to the store, and Clay would sit in the Jeep and stare out the front window. He wouldn't read, he wouldn't do crossword puzzles, he wouldn't play games, he would stare out the front window for seven to eight hours while Max just shopped and talked. And eventually, 
Max asked me about, uh, Max asked me if I wanted to go to his birthday party. I was like, uh, I'm bad at saying no to things. Like, uh, I mean, when is your birthday? And he's like, this day. And I'm like, yeah, I have off. And he's like, okay, so you want to come to the birthday? And I said, sure, I'll go to your birthday for a couple hours. I was the only person at the birthday party. In a house where his, I, I, guys, I'm not, guys, this is just a taster. You'll get the full story later. There was a cyclops on the front door. His mom, <laughs> his mom owned, a, owned a boarding house. There was a cyclops on the front door and you could push the cyclops high out. And you could see out the front door to see who was coming in. There was spray painted poetry going up the staircase walls that his mom had spray painted there. And then Max's old room was uh, painted orange from top to bottom. And uh, it just said, fuck you, mom, on the ceiling. Uh, I, we walked past the rooms. We, we, we walked past the rooms of a couple of the people who lived there. Everyone in the house laid in the fetal position on their side, staring out the window. The fetal position was the only position in this boarding house. He wrote a comic about me. He made a video game about me. Um, I, uh, we'll talk more about all of this later at a later time. Is this the tease? This is just the tease. Uh, I don't feel good. My ass is puckering. It is so tight. I could I could break steel right now. So that's that. I want to see this comic. So there you go, Caitlin. That's uh, that's part of it. That's part of it. That's part of that story. And the, the funny thing is, Ian, made, you think Ian gave away all spoilers? Oh, no, there's a lot more to that. <laughs> there's a lot more than that. <laughs> I haven't told you nearly everything. Oh, it's going to be awkward between you and Max. Oh, God. I've never... I love to see you podcast. I love my own podcast. <laughs> uh, so what's next? Take us to a happy well, place, Pat. I have not had that experience, Ian, not to say that. It's good. Take me to a... Um, this is from at Anxious Lib... Either live for live or live for liberal. Who knows? What do you guys think of pinball games? You obviously enjoy the real thing more, but or, but are there any you enjoy? Yeah. Uh, just not ones in boarding houses. Um, I, I enjoy um, the Crush series very much. Uh, the physics were very good for the time, and the rules were inventive. Um, I like Alien and Devil's Crush probably equally. Uh, Alien Crush it appears to be more simplistic. It's only a two-stage game, a two-frame, like a two-level game. But I love the setting, especially as an Aliens fan. Uh, you know, there's a, a few nods. Um, I also think that the stuff that Zen Pinball and uh, and um, Firesight Studios is doing with the Pinball Arcade is great. Um, you got to understand, pinball machines are expensive to buy. They're expensive to play if you can find them around your house. So just finding anything that's even remotely close to these things is really nice. And um, no, I like I like quite a few. There are some awful ones, but there's good ones too. Rock and Ball on the NES. Rock and Ball is really fun. The two-player mode is fantastic. Right, you and I have fun with that every marathon. Yeah. The two-player mode is great. Uh, now i got to think of something. <clears throat> I usually don't like pinball games on on game consoles. I just don't. It just to me, part of the feeling is seeing the ball move and hitting the bumpers and the ramps. That's, that to me is a lot of it. I just don't get... Now, I used to play pin meme a lot because that was fun. But it still does not the same thing. I mean, I, I enjoy it, but it's just... There's something about the the mind the, the mind meld between man and machine when you're playing. That's the real what, physics. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, I agree with you on that point. Um, 
it's not a replacement by any means. It's just, I mean, it's, 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 it's the methadone. It's the methadone sure. when you can't go play real pinball. Sure. You know, it works. Uh, your fiance is in the chat room and she's asking a special, a special question. Uh, ask Ian about ranch dressing in the bathroom, no! man, I guess in a player. <laughs> no! no, I don't want to Ranch dressing in the bathroom, man? Bonnie, why? I don't want to talk about the ranch dressing. Not right now, we can do that later. Talk about the ranch dressing in the bathroom at another time. Another time. Another goddamn time. When the full story... He had ranch dressing in his bathroom. He had ranch dressing in his bathroom. I went to go take a piss, and I got up, walked away, I wasn't sitting on that toilet seat. Why would I? I was pissed anyway. And I went and I washed my hands. And I went to go reach for soap. And what did I find in my hands? But not soap. Not soap. Not soap. A razor blade and a full unopened packet. A full unopened Oh, a full unopened package of Jack in the Box house buttermilk sauce, unopened, just completely, just completely untouched. So I walk, I walk back into the bedroom. I walk back into the bedroom, and at this point, my mind is fucking frayed. It's shot. It's 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 going out the window, and I looked at Max in very deadpan. I said, "So Max, do you shave with ranch dressing?" And he said. Get all upset, and he goes, "What? What? What, what do you mean?" <laughs> I said, "Well, on the side of your sink in the bathroom, there's a razor resting atop a package of ranch dressing." <laughs> and he goes, "Oh, no, no, no! I don't do that. I, I saw that. I don't know why it was there." away. We're talking like a safety razor, right? Like a big razor. Yeah, big razor. <laughs> Just making sure it wasn't a switchblade. No. Uh- that's the full story, and so glad you got it out now. That's not the full story. That's a that's a teaser. Well, that was the ranch. That was the full ranch part. Oh, yeah, there's yeah. Some, okay. We'll do this every week, I think. You know, we still haven't gotten through the comic or the video game. Well, this is going to be a multi-part special. This is like the Lord of the Rings release dates. This is like once a year, <laughs> every December. We're gonna have a great installment. Oh god! Holy shit! Oh man! Ah, oh. next question. From Sour Juggernaut. <laughs> I'm just going to go home and land in the fetal position, surprisingly. <laughs> Jesse Balcom, 62, asks, Do you think there's a line to be crossed when it comes to overcollecting? For example, time to play your game storage issues. Yes, definitely. Pat's the uh, example of overcollecting. Thank you, Ian. <laughs> um, well, like any sort of good person who was a, you know studied psychology for a while, usually this goes for hoarding, whatever else. It gets to the point where um, it's a... Or gambling, or... Trying to be a little more serious, it's a problem when it starts affecting other parts of your life. Yes. So when you do, when you drink in excess, is it a problem? It's kind of hard to be objective until it affects other parts of your life that you find important, like your family, your friends, um, your job, any other hobbies you used to like doing. So until it gets to that point, for whatever reason, it's not a problem. We're talking about gaming. In terms of collecting, do you have the money to collect? Yeah. Are you are do you really should you really be spending that money on food, on your rent, on clothes? Should you be not be uh, you know a lot of a lot of people unfortunately for any a lot of collectors have you know OCD. It leads them to do other stuff besides that. But are you spending way too much time searching for eBay deals every day? Are you spending like eight hours looking for deals? You know, are you doing that instead of living your life doing other things? 
Yeah. You know, are, are you spending are you spending hours a day just cleaning your games to make them look perfect and rearranging them? In terms of space, you know, can you are you are you disheveled? Are are you are you tripping over your games? I, okay, be careful. But I mean, is, is, <laughs> is it to the point though where you know where it's you can't even find stuff and it's disgusting? You know, so I mean, those there's limits. Obviously, it's common sense. Is it really? Is it is it is it having a negative impact on your life? With anything, with anything, any hobby you're doing, you can even exercise too much and it becomes you have a negative impact on your life. You know, whatever it is that you do, you need a balance. Yes, Ian, you you are in danger of that. I know. <laughs> but that's what it comes down to. I don't know if you have anything to add about that. No, I mean, I feel like. I feel like Pat's approach to it is is reasonable, and that's for. <laughs> but that that's that's for. The, well, then again, this was over 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 a dozen, fifteen years ago. No, collecting. I'm saying what you you've said is reasonable, um, and probably fits a lot of people um, because it's over many years, and it's your main hobby. It's what you it, it it's it's what you really care about. Um, my definition of reaching a, a limit for me and i think for people who are a little bit more casual people who don't get in super into the actual collecting aspect is do you just have way more than you're ever going to play how many games do you own that you haven't played and, and i'm not saying that like in regards to you because that that number is allowed to be a lot higher because you look at the hobby in a different way for someone like me, if I get to a certain number of games where there's been too many, where I have too many that I haven't played, mm -hmm. that's when I have to slow down, play through some games, and, and ease back on it. Because things like records, I don't ever build up records. I always listen to them right sure. away. You know, like stuff like that. So like, I don't need, I don't need a backlog in all these hobbies that I am part of. I only can afford one or two backlogs. So that that's when I know I've gone overboard with with games. Cool. Okay, there's a few more. We can get through some of these. Um. This is from at Roach Queen. If you're Italian American, do you think Mario is a bad stereotype of your people or a good role model? <laughs> Pat. Well, being of mostly Italian yes. descent, I don't think about Mario as being an Italian. It's almost like that's been downplayed a little bit. You know, <laughs> he has the over-the-top accent, which I guess is that offensive. I don't give a shit. I don't look at myself as as Italian. I, I'm an American. I, I just, that's how I am. Third generation. I, I don't, I didn't go for Italy in the world, went for the U.S. You know, I know there's people that are second generation. I had a friend who he would, would even watch the U.S. He'd just go for Italy. It's not a big deal to me. I don't care. I'm not, I'm not going to let a, a cartoon character stereotype define me. And I think that's what it comes down to a lot of people is don't let shit like that define who you are. Why would you? You're above, uh, you know, any stereotype like that. Sure. For whatever it is. It, who cares? As my friend John put it, he was like, "Oh Mario, what a lovable racist stereotype." It's not <laughs> racist though; it's ethnic. Ethnic. I'm I'm more offended by shows like Jersey Shore, you know, with Guidos. I mean, that's what that's what offends me because now people are think when I first moved here, when Jersey Shore was really popular, I moved here 2009, 2010. You should all see Pat's lip gloss collection; it's huge. People would ask me when I when I met someone, you know, go on a date with someone, they'd be like. Is it really like that? Is that what it's really like? Yes. So Unfortunately, yeah, yeah it, it is. Some of it is. Yeah. But it's like, then they ask you, are you like, they ask you, I guess, oh, are you like that? And it's like, no. That's why I moved the fuck away yeah. from Jersey. <laughs> um, this is from that Ryan versus Jim. What's your biggest pet peeve when playing games with a friend? I.E. always steals the power-ups. 
<laughs> I would say my biggest pet peeves with when playing with a friend, a lot of these pull from youth. It was just that I had a buddy who always thought he was better at games and he would always give me like the beat up controller and anytime that I'd win, <laughs> he'd say that I was cheating or that the computer was cheating. Um, when you're playing with friends, obviously local, I think that's not so much a pet peeve, what he's talking about, like the stealing the power-ups, as it is how the games these days are designed and how you're supposed to play them. You're supposed to steal the power-ups, you know? I mean, you're supposed to work co-op if you want, but yeah, it's fun to, you know, bounce on your buddy's head and new Super Mario Brothers, fuck him over and steal the power-up. You know, that's that's kind of a fun thing. But no, as a kid, it was always just the fact that when you played with friends, <clears throat> they always never seem to be able to accept defeat very oh, yeah. very easily. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, in my Tecmo Bowl review, <coughs> I wrote a story about my friend Kevin who used to cheat at Tecmo Bowl by looking at my plays. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a person that cheats at board games. I mean, you have to have some freaking honor at least. Yeah. Well, I don't... What's the fun in cheating at a board game anyway? <laughs> you cheat at a board game? You're a scumbag. You're a, you're a low-class individual. Because there has to be some sort of integrity to the board game. Yes. Because the rules are defined... The pieces are there. It's not a video game where you where it's programmed. You're programming yourself to play the game properly. So anyway, the whole point is that um, what we're we talking about. Oh, pet peeves with two player games. Never letting you be the first player. My sister never let me be the first player. <laughs> That's why I love Luigi so much because I was always <laughs> Luigi. <laughs> it was my system, Monica. My system, my game. Let me be Mario once. God damn it! All right. So now that that's out. Okay. Tell me open. This is from that Tom underscore Tooth, Tom Tooth. When is a good time to start collecting for more recent systems? PS2, PSP, Xbox 360, and PS3. Whenever you want to. Yeah. I mean, what's your goal? Is your goal just to get every game, get it cheap, do it as soon as you can? I mean, well, for like game, for stuff like PS2, <laughs> when, stuff, when stuff is new, wait for the games to be used after a few months and buy them for like 15, yeah, I mean, 10 bucks. Whatever. Honestly, like six months ago, a year ago, it would have been a great time to start for PS2 if that's what you wanted to do because everything is cheap as shit. With few exceptions. That's all we have for that? Yeah. I mean, do you have any tips for collecting any of these systems? It's just... No, just two months. Like, I would say I like, mean, like like a couple months after a new system gets launched. Well, for stuff like the next the last generation or two, like Xbox games are mostly worthless. PS2 games are mostly right. worthless. Right, I, I would say like... But they won't be forever. No, right now is a good time to start, especially... Let's, let's leave PS2 behind. If you want to collect for PS3 or especially 360, right now, 360 games if you wanted to collect for 360, those things are cheap as shit. I mean, you can get those pretty much anywhere. There's very few games that go for an abnormal amount of money. A lot of digital downloads, too, by 360, so yeah. Um, so the price goes so, down. Yeah, not a, few are, not a lot of abnormal amounts of money, and there's not a whole lot of new games coming out, so you don't have to worry about, if you want to stay on top of it, you're not going to have to worry about paying 60 bucks for new titles for much longer. And, I mean, honestly, these things drop in price to 35 within two, three months anyways. Okay. A couple more before we go to our wacky questions. Actually, that's it. We are on our wacky questions. Yeah. Oh, okay. We got through this. We started like 15 minutes late, so wow. This is from at J underscore North Coast. Ian, do you like goats? Yeah. Yeah, I do. They're pretty cool. They're cute. Yeah. Uh, this is from at Rapture in Venice. If someone mods a Sega Nomad with a different LCD from another device... Is this still really a nomad? If a tree falls in the forest, but no one is around to hear it, does it still make a sound? 
Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know, man. We talked about modding last week. I guess technically by a purist... Is really a nomad? Really? really a nomad? By a purist standard, no. But if you came in and told me that you had a nomad to sell, I'd look at it as a nomad. Uh, this is from that Sid... C-Y-D-R... Sid Year? Chris, that's Cider? What? Cider? Cider? Okay, maybe it's cider. Oh, it is cider. That's my guess. Did you ever cover gaming while intoxicated? Intoxicated. Funny stories related to this, maybe. Drunk drunk gaming. Did you ever have any drunk gaming experiences? Yeah, one of my favorites is uh, about two days before I moved from Buffalo to San Diego. Um, my good friend John and I sat down in his apartment. And, yeah, this is how I remember the story, anyways. We sat down in his apartment with the uh, decision to beat Bubble Bobble legitimately. We bought a 24-pack of beer, and we played. And it took us... We did beat it. We did. We went all through 99, grabbed the pearl or whatever the fuck, did the next 99, did the 20 bonus missions, then beat the boss with two players. And it took us like four or five hours. It shouldn't have, but it did because we kept drinking beer as the time went on. But it is one of my proudest achievements because we were quite saturated with alcohol and uh, it was just kind of one of those fun memories I have from, like, right before I left. I don't recall ever doing any drunk gaming. I'm trying to think of maybe, uh, you know, teenager or 20s. I really didn't really drink a lot outside of college in terms of groups. Then again, yeah, college. I'm trying to think, yeah, gaming drunk probably would have been college for the most part. Maybe drunk Smash Brothers? I mean, I, something I, like that, or, or Mario Kart. Um, hell, the marathon. I'm I'm drunk on life during each yeah. NES marathon. I mean, I, I play. It's, you know, I play often. I mean, a lot of times, like I'll I'll, I'll have a beer and I'll play. Um, you know, more than a couple of the times that we've played Mario Kart Eight with people online, especially when John was in town visiting. Actually, you know, we were drunk. But I'm just thinking of like particularly memorable moments would be like beating Bubble Bobble. There you go. I think that's about wraps up our CU podcast. We did it. Lots of ups and downs, ro- emotional roller coaster. A lot of facets, a lot of ins and outs. A lot of ins and outs. <laughs> Gutters and strikes. A lot of ranch dressing. <laughs> Fuck, I'm done. So, this was a very entertaining CU podcast. Uh, look out for the season six finale of Pat the NES Punk. By the time you hear this, it'll be on the YouTube, it'll be on the punkeffect.com. We enjoy and appreciate your patronage. Of the CU Podcast on Stitcher, iTunes, thepunkeffect.com for Ian Ferguson. My name is Pat Contry. We'll see you in two weeks. I love you. Oh. Oh, and remember, I'm going to be at Con Bravo and SGC in July. SGC, the weekend of July 11th through the 13th and Con Bravo the 18th to the 20th. I won't be. If you want to have fun, pester Pat and Screenwave Media about that. Because Ian wants to be bought out to go there. Uh, <laughs> all right, drink your Takati. We're going to sign off. It's empty. Good night, everybody.